do it. Watch your language. Keep it clean, Rob Ryersey. Keep it clean. <laughs> Me and Donald Trump. Still a friendly show. <clears throat> we want anybody to listen to the Common Good podcast. We want people in their in their cars. We want the sure. want the kids doing fun kid things and enjoying our time together. You know, when I used to when I used to be a full time preaching pastor, I would occasionally mm-hmm. uh, you know swear during the sermon. Oh. Which would get which would get our church podcast an explicit rating on the, <laughs> on iTunes and other places, which always made me laugh. <laughs> were you were you cursing at people? Were you like, hey, 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 in the back, hey, shut the f up, listen no, up. I was, uh, I've been working on this for an hour. The, I no, time to I, no, 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 no. I uh, I did once. Um, so. We're just full on into story. Boy, just a cold, so just a cold open. I love it. Oh, just just a, boom. Yeah. We'll, we'll, so, we'll give I mean, the greeting in a minute. In, it's like folks can just listen in on the conversations we have uh, when we're you know not on the air. Uh, yeah, there was one Easter. So every Easter, I would do an Easter sermon for the kids. Oh, the nice of sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, and yeah, I'm not a big children's sermon kind of person, but um, but we would do a children's sermon on Easter. And, uh, and so the kids would all come up and sit around chair and do a little talk with them. Yeah, do nice. Something. Um, and then I would always give them um, candy. And I'd say, hey, listen, I'm going to talk to your parents now for a few minutes. If you can sit quietly with them and eat this candy, that would be awesome. And so, like, they would typically be in Easter eggs with, you know, some plastic Easter eggs with some candy inside. And then as the kids were heading back to their seats, I would, you know, typically toss uh, Easter eggs full of candy to like the teenagers who really wanted the candy, but didn't want to come up for the children's sermon. Yeah, sure. Sure. You know, you know, so, uh, you know, Easter first time visitors, you know, people there for the, you know, only time they would come to church. Sure. I'm tossing Easter eggs of candy to, to people in, in the congregation in the audience. And, uh, and I, and I just like flung one, let one fly. And at this teenage kid that was like in the second row, it hit him right in the face. He like never put his hands up. He never saw it coming, hit him right in the face. First time visitors. It was their first time at the church. Like they never came back. Did you? Hit him in the face with an Easter egg. Did you go all uh, old school preacher and think, hey, you think that hurts? You just. <laughs> Let me tell you about the wrath of God. Let me tell you when you get spanked by the by the kindness of the Almighty, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, well, good morning, Rob Ryersey. Uh, squirreled away yeah, somewhere outside it. of Fayetteville, uh, Arkansas. How's the weather over there? How, how you hanging in there? Hot. 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 It's hot. Hot and daddy. What's it going to be today? 93? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then I think tomorrow's 95 and then Thursday's 97. And and then it just, you know, and then there's the feels mm-hmm. like temperature. Oh, yeah. Index. Right. right. Well, it doesn't feel like 93. Well, uh, Kimberly and I are here in, in Minnesota. We're not together, but we both just happen to be in Minnesota. Um, it's going to be 95 today. 95 degrees. Ooh. 
Now, do you have, I mean, is everything air conditioned up there? No, not everything. Not my garage. When I'm mm. out in the garage, it's so hot out there. Should totally yeah, air condition gr- my garage in the summer. Our gr- our garage is not air conditioned either, and and Vanessa uses it as a studio. And she like yesterday, I came home from from being out, and she was out working in the studio, and she was just soaked in sweat. Yeah, and the thing that gets me about Minnesota, and this is true of, of other places, not just Minnesota. I I know this, but it's the it's the temperature variation from the depths of winter, late January, mm-hmm. early February, when it might be. I don't know, 26 below zero. <laughs> and then it's going to be 95 or 97 degrees. You know, when you're <clears throat> talking about a hundred and I don't know, 10 or 115 degree swings, <laughs> that's, that's what really captures your attention, right? You're like, Oh, yeah. some days in Minnesota, it gets hot like anywhere else. And then in the winter, it's just cold as can be. And somehow in yeah. between, we all just think, boy, this is the greatest place to live. I mean, it's really, it's really a, one of those what's what's that what's that thing called when you're when you're captured by you know you're kidnapped and you fall for your your captor what is that what is that? uh it's, it's not munchausen uh, it's stockholm stockholm, stockholm syndrome, syndrome. uh yeah stockholm syndrome totally uh stockholm yeah. syndrome that we have here in uh in, in minnesota hey and kimberly uh says uh jim was all by himself on the youtube that i did on thursday with uh, astrophysicist Pastor, uh, professor, preacher, and birder Paul Wallace. Yeah, yeah. It's just, just, just poor, poor Jim available in the middle of the day. Uh, we did that. So nice to, nice to see some of the rest of you uh, hanging around. But I'll tell you what, if you've never listened to that, that conversation with astrophysicist Paul Wallace, it, it is, uh, I, I beam with just a smirk on my face for hours after that thing ends. Uh, I, I, I almost have a good mind to listen to it again. It's that it's that enjoyable to me, uh, mm. but, but I haven't 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 done it yet. Yeah, speaking of Jim, listening into your conversation with uh, with astrophysicist Jim Wallace, um, Paul Wallace, Paul Wallace. Sorry, it's okay. Getting my Wallace's mixed up. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we'll probably talk about last names at some point. Oh. Uh, I, I do want to give a shout out to some other listeners. Going to give a little shout out to uh, Ken and Carol. Hey, Let's Ken do and it. Carol. It was uh, great to see you on Tuesday. Ken and Carol are our listeners here in Arkansas, and uh, they also attended an event that I was speaking at on Tuesday evening with a, a group that I, I work with called Vortex, which is a political action committee that's trying to get some good people elected to um, the House of Representatives, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's a little project I am I, I'm working on with my own scientist. You have you have your Paul Wallace. I have my own scientist, Doug. I have I have Chris Jones, who just put out a uh, just put out a book called Quantum Diamonds. Come on, a, get out of here! You did not really. He did. Well, why is he Quantum? not scheduled yet for the Common Good Seriously, podcast? We gotta, yeah, we got to get him on here. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm clearly Thursday, failing, um, but yeah, it's a de- it's a devotional. It's a uh, it's a I think it's like a thirty hmm. day devotional. Um, you know, kind of bringing together his uh, his things of being a scientist and a and a minister. So, well, look. Yeah. La- I, uh, earlier in the week, I talked to Paul McAllister on Wednesday. Another great conversation. No idea that Paul McAllister I was speaking to because we did some work on Christian nationalism stuff together, and he's now an organizer. He used to be a scientist. Is like, well, yeah, I'm back in college when I worked at the Fermi Lab, and I'm like, what? And he's like a quantum physics guy. 
and I was totally crushing on him. It was unbelievable. So yes, let's get uh, let's get Chris, let's get Paul, let's have Paul on a yeah. podcast, and then we're just gonna ratchet up this yeah. funky science but, for the for the the common person yeah. of today yeah, vibe. Love it. I love that so much. Yeah. Yes, but I but Ken and Carol came to uh, an event that Chris and I were speaking at on Tuesday and uh, and said hi because they loved the podcast. Oh, and Ken and Carol loved to listen to us. So Ken and Carol, hey, it's great to it was great to see you and thanks for listening. Well, yeah, thank you, Ken and Carol, and that did cause Rob, you and I, to have an exchange that we now need to start start talking about common good podcast merchandise uh, or giveaways yeah. or swag of some kind. So we do need yes. to get. We do need to get busy, uh, get busy on, on that. Hey, speaking of all this, you know, quantum physics, science, quirky goodness for the common person. Last night at eight thirty p.m., I went to a movie by myself. Did yeah. you really? Did you go see Oppenheimer? I went and saw Oppenheimer. Not Barbie. No, not not Barbie. Uh, I saw Oppenheimer. I saw it at the IMAX theater because that's the time mm. that worked, and I I. I have one of those AMC movie pass things that I paid one time fee. And so anyway, I have it for a year. So I get to go to yeah. some number of movies without a, without charge, additional charge to whatever I, $99 I paid for a year of this thing, whatever it was. So it's easy to just like get a ticket and go. But I hadn't been to a movie in, in a while. And it was fantastic, by the way, uh, Oppenheimer. Yeah. Three hours long, uh, super loud and aggressive, mm -hmm. sound aggressive uh, in an IMAX theater. You might think, what could they do to make this thing noisy? Well, they found ways to sort of do flashbacks and add a lot of <laughs> a lot of IMAX level, level sound to it. Do you recommend the IMAX experience? Our, our friend Britton did on Facebook, I noticed. For Oppenheimer? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of thought, I, I would like to see it in a regular theater and see what it sounds like and feels like just because the sound is so big in there. Every sound is big. People, you know, all the ambient sounds that are in a movie is just more of it. It's just, it really is an onslaught of, of just all the, all the sounds. Uh, but, but look, uh, how people are into this movie, I totally don't get it. I loved it, but I nerd out on like the, the names and the people of early 20th century science stuff. Like, I know who Planck is and Borg and Heisenberg and and like if you don't know who those people are, they're bit characters because they're part of the whole story in this. And I don't know how it makes sense to people who don't follow that um, that 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 storyline because it's a very well told and complex story moving between three different time frames of Oppenheimer's life. Um, so significant uh, uh, storytelling capacity going on there. So I don't know. People are flocking to this movie. I mean, 8.30 at night in an IMAX, there were hundreds of people in there on a random old Monday. <laughs> you know, like, what on earth? Uh, and it, for all of its goodness, it still raises that question that I know we have raised here, and we do it all often on August, August 6th and August 8th. The United States of America, by choice, designed and dropped nuclear weapons on two civilian cities in Japan. Mm. Just full stop, let that sit there. The only nation yep. to ever use nuclear weapons, the United States of America, on civilian populations for the purpose of destroying civilian populations. It, it is 
just so the movie yeah. is all kinds of things. It's it's interesting. It's well told, and it's set in that reality that you know roughly two hundred thousand people died and and shook the foundations of of human capacity to with with two weapons, two single bombs, two hundred thousand people died. So we need to mm. sort of and you leave with this heaviness because they end the thing on a you know. It's a real bombshell at the end, if you know what I'm saying. And they, they really leave it with like, <clears throat> hey, what we have just done here, uh, this is this is a this is not this is not human uh, humanity's uh, way forward. And fortunately, we've you know as a, as a, as yeah. nations and human race have have walked back from yeah. it. So boy, when you hear people yeah. say things in presidential races like this, this person's going to have the nuclear codes. Uh, that is uh, that is some real mm -hmm. that is some real business. Uh, so, mm. well, you know, Doug, we'd like to start the podcast with some ni nice light chatter, but <laughs> <laughs> well, we did. You know, we chit chatted about some listeners, and then went straight to you know um, uh, annihilation by nuclear weapons. Because again, it is real. That's what the United States did. And then we say we that. can't let other countries have nuclear weapons because they're right. crazy. And who knows I what mean, they would do the, with them? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're the we're the moral global leader. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, uh, yeah. on a lighter note, just before that, I was uh, we were at dinner, and uh, we were with, with our uh, our twelve year old niece, and you know, yeah, doing happy anniversary by the way. Hey, you thanks. Wanna... Yeah, yeah. Thirty five years yeah. I've been married to the same same nice. person, Shelly Patchy. Yeah, thirty five years ago we had a had a had a wedding. 40 years ago, we started hanging around, started dating. Mm. 40, 40 years. I mean, I was literally. I mean, I know people do this as we're a joke. Up on our, I literally yeah, was 17 coming. when we started hanging out. So yeah. uh, I may have even been yeah. 16. I may have been 16 yeah, when we started was, dating. Yeah, I was I was 18 when Vanessa and I met. And she was, yeah, she was 18 as well because she's older than me. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, and we are coming up on 27 years wow. and 30 years of hanging out. Oh, good for you. And twenty seven is a great number. It's just not one like I, I don't put up I don't put up an anniversary post on social media every anniversary, right? Oh yeah, because you don't love your wife as much as I love mine. No, I don't think I need to be telling everybody else about our you know our our yearly but 30 updates. Thirty five, thirty five, thirty five, thirty five is a big one. Yeah, I yeah. thought okay, yeah. and and honestly, yeah. okay, Shelly and I were as sentimental as you know the lower ten percent mm -hmm. of the people in in America probably were not the most sentimental, but yeah. you know, yeah, I had gone to church on Sunday morning, which was our anniversary. Oh. She didn't; her family was over, and she had stuff going on, so she didn't want to go. So I'm there by myself, and I grabbed the thing, and, and that's when I realized because of the church bulletin, oh. it's July 23rd. <laughs> So I texted her Wait, and said, this day means something, doesn't hey, it? today's our anniversary. <laughs> well, I, I knew, uh, I always know, I have not yet forgotten that we got married on July 23rd, 1988. Yeah. Full stop. So, I got that. That's locked in. I just don't always know so what day it is of July. Like sure. it was about that particular day and we had a lot going on. Yeah. And then I, and she goes, oh, hey, you're right. Happy anniversary. Perfect. Yeah. So your, your anniversary present to her was your Facebook post? No, we don't do presents. Nah. We don't do anniversary <laughs> presents. We literally, like, an anniversary gift makes no you sense are. to me. We did really? a thing. Why is that? Well, we did a yeah. thing together, yeah. and then we're going to continue to give each other gifts <laughs> yes. based on the thing we each did? 
Yes. It just makes no sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like having dessert and calling it a gift because you you just had a meal. Like, hey, yeah. congratulations on having a great meal. Here's a little here's a little gift to you. Like, oh, it's, oh. I don't know. Just it's so, like so no, you had a great meal, and it's like having dessert a year later <laughs> because you had a great meal yeah. a year ago. Yeah, yeah, a year ago. <laughs> hey, yeah, that was a great thing we did. Remember, we did okay, that thing. So Let's give each other a gift your, about the thing we did. So no, we don't. You're we out don't. To dinner with your niece. We don't do gifts. Yeah, yeah. You're so much to dinner, dinner with your niece. And, and you know, we're trying to do chit chat, and we started talking about last names and how common they mm-hmm. are. And this got in mm-hmm. then, like, what's the most common last name in you know yeah. in in the United States? That led me to this website, which is not that well, one. Not that guy. Which is which <laughs> did lead me to that website. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's a something else did. Different website. Uh, the top 100 most common last names in the United States of America. Yeah. And Rob, the, I will yeah, tell yeah, you, I was shocked. I was shocked at six of the top 15 last names in America. Six of the top okay, 13. Before we dive into that, let me okay. ask you. I, I see on the screen here, for those of you that are with us on YouTube, the subheading of this uh, article includes the word surnames. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I've ever used the word surnames in conversation oh. ever. Have you ever had to like, fill out I one of those uh, passport forms say, when like, you're entering into like another is, country and it asks yeah. you your your first name and your or your given name and your surname? surname? Yeah, see, like I would say last name. I would mm-hmm. never say surname. I would right. just never say it. Yeah. That's, I'm just a little comment there. That's okay, that's, that's so American lexicon go, right there, my friend. Let me make some guesses here. I'm going to okay. go Smith. Jones, Jackson. Okay. I don't know. That's yeah, that's I good. Smith, Smith, Jones, Smith Jones, Jackson. Jackson. All right. So Smith. Yep. Right there. Number one. Number one last name. Smith spelled with Smith spelled with an I. As common as they come. Apparently, yeah. there's uh, two two million people in the United States. Two and a half million people with that last name. What was the other one you had? Jackson. No, Jackson. Yep. Jackson is the 19th, 19th ah, most, most common name. Jones right in there, five, fifth most common name in the United States. So top five, Smith, Johnson, Williams, Brown. Yabbits. Oh, Yabbits had Williams. Brown, Jones. Then number six, we start into a little run here, Rob. Garcia. Garcia is number six. Number seven, Miller. Number eight, Davis. Number nine, I mean, Davis. I'm shocked that Davis is number nine. I don't feel like I know that many Davises. Number nine, Rodriguez. Number 10, Martinez. Number 11, Hernandez. Number 12, Lopez. Number 13, Gonzalez. Six of the top 13 names in the United States have their origins, according to this website, their surname origin is Spanish. Garcia, yeah. Rodriguez, Martinez, Hernandez, Lopez, Gonzalez. They come before Wilson, Anderson, Thomas, Taylor, Moore, Jackson, Martin, Lee. Then you're back to Perez, Thompson, White, Harris, Sanchez. I mean, top 25, yeah. and, you're, and you're up to that. So, I, I was truly, I yeah. was shocked that uh, Spanish. Now, maybe, maybe there are less, less, less surnames in Spanish. I don't know. You, you know what I'm saying? Like maybe there's a wider yeah. range of European descendant surnames. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah. I, 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 I liked everything about that little factoid. 
Yeah. Yeah, let me tell you my two best surname stories. Uh, see, I just used the word surname. Look at, look at this. Congratulations um, on your yeah, growth. growth. I'm mm-hmm. like expanding my vocabulary. Uh, so my m- Ryersey, not a, uh, not a terribly common surname in the United States. Oh. That's because my family um, fought for the British in the American Revolution mm-hmm. and, uh, and were kicked out of America. Um, my great, 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 great grandfather um, left the United States, went to Canada um, and uh, founded a little town called Port Ryersey. His brother became the uh, he changed the last name to Ryerson um, and he became the father of public education in Canada. There's a Ryerson University and hmm. uh, he has since been canceled because he was blamed for the uh, um, forced schooling of uh, first peoples in Canada. And so it's kind of kind of toxic family line there uh, at this point. Uh, but so Ryerson, not a common last name. Nobody ever pronounces it right or anything. Um, but my mom used to say, and this is a line that stuck with me. It's one that has gone uh gone by the wayside now with my kids even though i used to say it to them uh as i was heading out the door um you know as a teenager my mom used to say there's only one ryersey in the phone book (laughs) okay (laughs) and that was just a little Uh reminder uh that if i did something you know that ended up in the paper um they'll know who to call ryer Ryersey, not a very common name, and uh, everybody would know it was us. And so, there's only one Ryersey in the phone book. Is a uh, is a uh, have you passed that on to uh, your to your children? Oh yeah, I say that to my kids, and they just have no idea what I'm talking about because they don't know what phone books. No, are. they do too. They got to know what a phone book is. Uh, I, Whimsy has zero idea what a phone book is. Well, she's eight. She does. Yeah, but when I was eight, I knew what the phone she'll, book was. She'll, she'll, um, yeah, remember the new phone book day from The Jerk? Remember that scene oh, from The Jerk, the new hey, phone books? Yeah. My name's in print. I mean, just a great, just a great bit. Uh, just lovely. Uh, right. So, second surname story. Uh, oh, boy. Just, uh, oh, that's a good one. Uh, so, our... Uh, one of our children is uh, came to join our family as a foster child, and um, and so before she had the last name Ryersey, she had a different last name, and uh, we took her to the the doctor once. Nurse comes out, um, and we, we're sitting there holding her. She's a little baby at the time. Nurse comes out, looks at us, and says, uh, "Mr. and Mrs. Sanchez Gutierrez." Because that was our our daughter's last name at the time, and I look at us. <laughs> do yeah. we uh, do we knows. look like a Sanchez Guterres? Yeah, she she didn't know. You know, yeah. People when they get married, so one of the things I tell marrying couples, and no one has ever taken me up on it. Oh, you can totally change your name to anything you want. You can change your anything. first name, your middle name, your last name, with no questions mm-hmm. asked. You try to you try to change I, your name any other time, and it is yeah. literally a court case to make it happen. But Doug, you get married, your name gets to be anything you want. Doug, you can change your spelling. Someone. You could add a B, just just a random I, yeah, silent right. B. <laughs> Doug, I met someone this week whose last name, I and I kid you not, their surname is Dragon Wagon, all one word. Love Dragon it. Dragon Wagon. 
chosen, or was that uh, was that gifted to them by the family lineage? No, I hate the word gifted, by the way. No idea. No idea. I was just simply <laughs> introduced to them. I didn't ask the origin of their last name, oh. of their surname in the conversation. Hmm. Dragon Wagon. How Dragon Wagon. I love in, it. Not in the top 15 of most common names. In no, the United no. No, neither is my name. It's 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 not a it's it's not a common one. Hey, we should talk about yeah. politics here because uh, yeah, can can we start with a little bit of fun though? Unless you got I another mean, last name story you want to want to whip no, up. No, no, no. Oh, okay. you, don't like, you don't like my last name I do name like stories. them. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, want to make sure yeah. we got them all. Yeah, we got them all. Listen, I love this little game we play every once in a while, which is uh, we watch we watch a video and uh, and then that yeah. you have and not one of us don't know what's have, happening. Yeah. And have your your live reaction. So, Doug, I sent this video uh, to you via text last week. You didn't watch it. No. Nope. Uh, but, you know, that makes for good pos- podcasting because uh, I want you to watch this video and then we need to have a conversation about it. It is uh, United States Senator Mitt Romney um, marking a very important day in the United States calendar. And I've only seen the like the screen, you know, the screen grab of it when it's going to start. So it's Mitt Romney in a baseball for those on the podcast only, in a baseball cap. Like it seems like he's walking the halls of one of the Senate buildings, and it's it seems it looks like it's shot on a phone, right? So that's the that's the scene. Yeah, and he has a and I think he has a hot dog in his hand, if I can tell from the picture. All right, so here we go. Well, as you all know, today is National Hot Dog Day. And uh, perhaps you also know that hot dog is my favorite meat. I love hot dogs. Uh, I love them in buns. I love them outside of buns. I love them with baked beans. I just like hot dogs. It's the best you know, best meat there is, without question. So to all of you who, like me, are celebrating uh, National Hot Dog Day, uh, congratulations to you. And may there be many, many more hot dogs served in our wonderful land. Why is that funny? What 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 am what am I missing about this? Oh, it's so funny. It Number is. Number one. Oh, it's hilarious. Okay, I, I know that I know it doesn't work when someone says, "Explain that joke to me." Oh, this is one of the funniest videos I've ever seen. Number one, have you ever held a hot dog like Mitt Romney is holding that hot dog? He is. He's got it in his hand. Yeah, he's, got he, he's clearly presenting the hot dog. Backward. Yes, yes. He says, he says that hot dog is his favorite meat. It's <laughs> the best meat without question. Is a hot dog uh, even? Is a hot dog even classified as a meat? Isn't it like meat product? Like, well, and all yeah, I don't know, and an all beef hot dog, I. Pretty sure it's just chopped up versions of all the yes. beef <laughs> kind of pressed you, together into a. You, yes, but would you classify oh, a yeah. hot dog well. as meat? It's a it's a delivery system for meat. It's not <laughs> itself meat. Has Mitt Romney never had a steak? It's like <laughs> has he never had meat, brisket? Like hot, <laughs> hot dog is your favorite meat. He's he's just a and simple. Hedge fund manager. He's just a simple former, oh. <laughs> former presidential candidate. And He's then, just a simple he, former governor. I mean, just a man of says, the people. And then he almost goes into like a Dr. Seuss thing of like, I like hot dogs in a bun. I like hot dogs <laughs> out of a bun. He, like, well, just, what I don't understand, why, why is he pushing hot dog day? Do we know? Like if you're from a pork producing, a pork producing 
or meat producing state, I could see it. But I mean, after serving yeah, the good people of Massachusetts, he now serves the good people of Utah, right? Utah. So, um, and by the way, who gets to pull that off? <laughs> Get elected in two different states. Uh, old old Mitt. Uh, why is he pushing hot dogs? I, I don't know. But no idea. Maybe my huh. very most favorite part of this video is the slip of the tongue that he has. Because Mitt Romney is wearing a hat, as yeah. you mentioned. It's a, it's a baseball cap, not too different from mine, that has a hot dog on it. And he says, happy year. It's, he says hat day. Hat yeah, almost says hat day. Yeah. Hot. Yeah. Yeah. Hat dog day. He's very conscious of the fact that he's wearing a hot dog hat at the time <laughs> of making this video. And it seeps into his little, and it's just, Doug, this video is the best. Okay. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad, you, I'm glad you found it. it. I'm glad you found it. And thank you for sharing it. And, you know, that Mitt Romney is a bit of a bragger. In fact, in videos like this, he seems to be a bit of a hot dog about all of it. So. A freebie for you. It's a little freebie hot dog joke. All right. Uh, <clears throat> that on a lighthearted front, we really probably, I don't even think we should play the Trump. We're going to play just a short little Trump ad video, but because the man is so vulgar, it would violate our uh, explicit, explicit uh, <laughs> rules. I wonder if I could find the, I wonder if I could find the beep button on my. Oh, you have to time it per per perfectly. Though. Yeah, that would be the thing, wouldn't it? It's basically Donald Trump saying, um, it's a recording. The yeah. video is black and black and white over, you know, Trump's face and, uh, you know, a, a campaign logo on top of that. Um, it's black and white, very kind of, um, uh, ominous mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and it sounds like a recording, um, from like, uh, I, it sounds almost like a, uh, a, a telephone yeah, call. Yeah. Like an interview um, of some kind. Yep. Yeah, and he basically is saying, you know, if people f with us, and he uses the word, yeah, because um, he's crass um, like that. Yep. Yeah, then we're going to do things to them that have never been done before. It's yeah. Very ominous, very threatening, and totally the kind of thing that you expect to see from a, I don't know presidential candidate or a former <laughs> president. I mean, I just think about all those times Obama released videos mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, like threatening his political enemies in a dark, ominous way. Yeah, yeah. Just, and, then, and then they took that audio, the Trump 2024 people, and made a video of it with his yep. big old face on the thing. And, uh, yeah, it's... it's uh, This is the kind of stuff that they're doing. I mean, the campaign is clearly clearly pushing all manner of conspiracy stuff over on his social media site, which I think is now only the second worst social media site after the, after the black X. I, I don't know. One, one of the two, either Twitter or true social is, is the worst place you could go on social media. And he, he's re posting all manner of full on QAnon conspiracy stuff again. He is right back in it. And apparently, Rob, apparently this is in part because his son, Don Jr., has gone full Q. He's just all in and is courting that community and is just deep, deep in it. And they they really think that, that's, that they've got a hidden, uh, 
hidden crowd of people that they can uh, stir up who, who weren't active in voting in 2020, and they can really turn out the uh, the answers out there crowd and, uh, and make this happen. But it's it's just atrocious. I mean, what what they're doing with this with this campaign all, all the way. We talked about it, you know, months ago when they launched the campaign, their first public meeting, their first rally, Waco, Texas, yep. on or around the and- anniversary of the ATF action on Waco, which then led to the uh, attacks at the federal building in Oklahoma City from Timothy McVeigh. So they clearly put this thing in the context of the anti-government conspiracy theory crowd, uh, you know, only to be helped by uh, by Robert Kennedy Jr., uh, you know, in, in, yeah. in other sectors and of the began, society. Yeah. And a messaging theme that began with retribution. Mm-hmm. I am your retribution. Um, you know, he gave that speech about this, the final battle Yeah. Um, that, that, that we're going in. And then this, you know, we're going to do stuff to you that you've never, that's never been done before. Um, you know, yeah. th- this is really, you know, a, in political messaging, uh, and, and I, we talked about this a bit around January 6th, for those that have been with us this long, you know, I have been in political spaces where fighting is a is a common metaphor, a common term that's used, like fighting for you, I'll fight for the working class, uh, fight for rights. Um I've been in lots of political spaces where revolutionary terminology mm-hmm. was used real commonly. Yeah. Uh, I, I was the executive director of an organization that, you know, our, our sign off was be, you know, for the revolution, you know, like that, like the, that kind of terminology, real common. Always taken, I like always taken kind of metaphorically. Yeah. After yeah. January 6th, I got, you know, real uncomfortable with it um, because of January 6th. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing Trump is really, um, is really ratcheted up um, with this retribution, this final battle, this, um, you know, this, you know, we're going to do stuff to you that's never been done before. Like it, it, it is, it is. It feels to me like these are not just, you know, rhetorical flourishes. That's right. At, yep. what, at what point, at what point do, and maybe I pose this as a question, at what point do we stop thinking of these as rhetorical devices and begin to think of them as actual threats? Yeah, what they're, what they're actually doing and actually plan to do. No, I think that's, I think that's precisely the question. And it's... Um, it's pretty obvious, right? They want people to be responding to this with the same energy. Trump, instead of Trump saying, Hey, look, I'm trying to talk all of the people who want to support me down from any suggestion of violence. He says, I think it's really dangerous if the justice department uses the standard of the justice department in relationship to me because the people who follow me are more passionate even than they were in 2020. And they're going to be, it could be very dangerous for our country. Instead of saying, hey, I'm going to quell 
anyone that I can quell in these in these desires. He's like, you just you probably shouldn't do it because these people will just lose their minds and 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 act violently. Which again, they won't and they haven't. I mean, overall, other than when Trump called them and the Proud Boys and the one percenters and the other right-wing uh, white nationalist groups organized violence, and now many of those people are in jail. Like the gang that Trump put together over five years of being in public office and in public uh, presidential uh, spaces came together, and now a bunch of those people are in jail. That's one of the reasons why the organizing isn't going to take on the same violent spaces. First of all, people learned, and secondly... The people who are willing to do that are incarcerated. Are in jail. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's <clears throat> there any group of people, you, you only have certain folks you can you can sort of turn to, right? Uh, who are who are going to organize and and act in act in violent ways like that. In fact, one of one of the guys from the great state of uh, Arkansas was just sentenced. I think yesterday, the guy, uh, one of the people who in the video was beating a police officer with a flagpole, um, sentenced mm -hmm. to uh, uh, three years or something, I think, in prison. The prosecutor wanted four years, but the judge took into consideration, quote, his horrible upbringing. Apparently, this guy was raised in such a way that the judge just had real sympathy for him and took a year. I'm not sure why how that works and what a judge decides how long someone's going to be in jail. I think we should put people in jail, not only because we're mad at them. We should put them in jail only if we're afraid of them. Do we have no other choices? Right? So if he had a bad upbringing and he's violent and beats police officers, you're like, well, let him out earlier because you know, <laughs> so I don't get that. I, I don't understand how that, how that, how that works. But the larger point of it is these are the kinds of people that Donald Trump has taken advantage of. People who a judge felt like, hey, this guy was clearly able to be exploited in this in these kinds of violent activities, and this is something that we should uh, that we should be keeping um, an eye on as a as a nation. Um, the, this the, this violent and and look, Trump's going to get indicted again. It looks like on this interfering with the election. You know, generally speaking, the January sixth stuff. The people literally on MSNBC this morning, they're calling it indictment watch. And I'm like, okay. Like, I know you have to come up with things to say every day because you have to stare at a camera for three or four hours, uh, and then you are rolled over to another show that has to be on for an hour or two hours, and then another show, and the beat just goes on for 16 hours a day. But I don't think calling it, you know, indictment watch is a... Uh, Indictment watch is, is inappropriate. 34. Yeah, yeah, totally, right? Like, look, if Donald Trump is indicted because of his actions, which many of us are quite familiar with and think that he should be indicted for these actions, that is a solemn experience mm -hmm. that, that a former I mean, president of the United yes. States, while president of the United States, acted in ways that put the country at risk. That is, yes. and that that's yes. now going to have the weight of, of criminal uh, response to it. That's... That's some serious, yes. serious business. There, um, yeah, there's there's two ways to react to it. One is with the solemnity that you're describing. The other is like just to make complete fun of him, you know, because of the farce that he is mm -hmm. and the joke that he is and the joke of a president that he was. And, you know, but to 
there's a like there's a third way that is minimizing it without yeah. like take like not taking it nearly seriously enough while at the same time not satirizing it and and it's just like indictment watch is like i, I that just sounds like something that I, and I don't know what the right term for what I'm describing is, but it's just like either take it super seriously because it is, or satirize it because yeah, it's sure. absolute foolishness. Don't, don't make a nickname. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't make a nickname out of the thing. Hey, uh, but, but a more important things to the Republicans who are currently, uh, you know, wanting to, uh, a run for uh, important things. McCarthy, yeah. uh, Speaker yeah. of the House, is seriously <clears throat> entertaining and now saying out loud on news programs, he thinks that you know Congress is going to have no choice other than to impeach Joe Biden for things Joe Biden apparently, in their estimation, did six years ago while he was vice president. <laughs> I mean, it's just really something else. Um, and all this stuff goes back to Hunter Biden and a laptop and payments made because of Hunter Biden's work in Romania and the Ukraine and crime family, yada, 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 yada. But these Republicans are taking this seriously and want to do two things. They want to expunge the record of Donald Trump's impeachment and instead impeach Joe Biden so that the historic record doesn't include Donald Trump being impeached, which it will, because even if you, you, th there's nothing to expunge. He was not convicted, right? You can only expunge the conviction. You can't take the charges, which is what the House can bring, and then the Senate voted not to convict Donald Trump twice on the two times he was impeached by the House. You can't take that away. The charges were made. <laughs> That's it. But they're really working hard to try to equal out the playing ground. And look, I can understand, Rob, why Republicans want to do this. Because th their primary problem is people, for the most part, think Joe Biden is a good person and a good dad. And Donald Trump has all the things about being Donald Trump that stand against him. So they're not going to boost Donald Trump's likability, right? He's as unlikable now as in 2016. The way he won in 2016 was Hillary Clinton was also, by the American estimation, so unlikable. So what they need to do with Joe Biden is make him unlikable. Yeah. Yeah. I, Doug, my sense is I, I've got a bad feeling about about this Biden impeachment stuff. Um, I feel like there's going to come a point, maybe a year from now, maybe, maybe it's like a Nixon Watergate thing where it's into his second term as president. I, I've got a bad feeling about this. Hmm. I, I just, I just have the sense that like, we're going to be talking seriously about Hunter Biden, Biden businesses, Romania, Ukraine, like all of this. Like, I, 
I'm afraid there's some there there here. I, I, I just I and I think we're going to look back and say, do you remember when we like thought this was just, you know, Republicans playing dirty and trying to get. Re- wow. Like. I, I I that's just my sense that there's that, that this is going to become something um, and I'm concerned about it. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I, I only know what what I know, and I, yeah, I'm not, okay. I'm not concerned about it because they've had so long. If if there was a there there, right? Mm-hmm. Short of, and look, I, I don't know how, how closely are you following this stuff. How closely are you into not very what they're ac- <laughs> okay, not very well. Yeah, see, but that's what I think is that like in the same way that you know like. G. Gordon Liddy and and Charles Colson and the Watergate break-in, they were all convicted in federal court of that crime before the 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 election in 1972. Yeah. Watergate was a thing that was out there. It then it blew up as a scandal later. Like I like I think that there's this like you say, oh, you know, they've they've had so long and like I, I just think that this this thing is slowly simmering, and I I fear okay. it's going to come to a boil. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. No, look, uh, and that could be. And and I have a, f- a good friend uh, who I hope is watching right now, Casey, uh, who's on me all the time with this stuff. Sends me articles regularly, and I read many, many, many of them, yeah. and watch videos about. It. Um. So th- yeah, there. There is an argument in the right-wing crowd about this stuff. But when you pay attention to what they're saying, what they say the crimes are, it, it is really hard to even conceive what they're talking about. That somehow it is that Joe Biden was saying to the Romanians, you need to clean, as vice president, he was a spokesperson for the, for the administration, you need to clean up your corruption. Meanwhile, his son is working in some business thing he's got going on in Europe and working with some of the same corrupt leaders in Ukraine and Romania. And then they're being paid through, as people do all the time, in many different companies and organizations, right? So this is what's happened. So the... what. What they're trying to say, I mean, this is what, what McCarthy said yesterday. Well, Joe Biden's a, a walking billboard for corruption because his son was working with a corrupt guy. Like, like truly, Rob, if, if there was anything there, when Rudy Giuliani and Carrick and all those people were in Ukraine all the way from 2018 forward trying to yeah. dig up this stuff and FBI informants that turn out to be literal spies— like the person who was Comer's prime. Do you remember the stuff from three weeks ago? Yes. Comer's yes. prime. Yeah, this is representative Comer's primary whistleblower witness. The person he said has disappeared. Well, the reason he disappeared is because he skipped the country because he's on the run because the FBI is going to indict him for being a spy. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. You can say, well, I'm, and, and I, yeah, yeah. Now, to, to, to Casey's point, because I read all this stuff, look, if it's true, then Joe Biden should be in 
removed from office. He should, yeah. well, he should resign. He should say, hey, I was taking money from this business and, and I'm out. The truth should yeah. 100% come out. This is my point. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. If it was there, this clown show that is the current Republic, the Republicans now have been in control of the, of the House for nearly six months. Right, by the time they got settled, and now we're into July, they've set up all these like commissions. And what we're literally hearing is the same old, Yeah, here's an FBI unverified, unclassified report that, that Senator Grassley released last week, right? Like, here's the, here's the bombshell story, the thing that the FBI says isn't even significant enough to be classified. Like, we didn't even take it seriously because the person who was telling us this couldn't verify the person they heard it from and wasn't quite sure if they were talking about the vice president of the United States or the president of Poland. So it got a little confusing. That's the thing they released. So I, I guess my point is, if there's a there there, no problem. We should be looking at it. Everyone should know about it. I, Joe Biden is not a saint if he's done any of this stuff full on, right? The full weight of the Justice Department should come crashing down on anybody who's been involved in any kind of corruption like this. All there. My point is, good golly, this crowd is having this much, and what they're now coming up with is the same old unverified, and well, if I could just get the FBI to tell us what's really in the file and why they didn't press charges and why they're not. Look, all this stuff, Rob, was going on while the Trump Justice Department had the full weight... You think Bill Barr was not looking into this stuff? He literally, Bill Barr literally traveled to Ukraine with Rudy Giuliani and Carrick, who now had to turn over his notes to the to the January sixth right. investigation okay. committee. You have you okay? You have uh, you have helped me. You have eased my concerns. I will let not my heart be troubled. <laughs> well, um, you you still could be so right. There could be much more, the, but can, I'm just saying this. We can, this this nonsense here, this this McCarthy now taking it really seriously. I really think we got to look into these Romanian payments to these two shell corporations. I mean, good lord, seriously. Yeah. So, I, so I can I can get back to just caring about Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, displaying revenge porn of Hunter Biden in uh, in uh, you know a, a House committee hearing. And the ridiculousness of that. Yeah. Okay. So, so good point. Now, currently up on the screen is the uh, screenshot of the grand jury could vote Tuesday on whether to indict Trump, uh, indict Trump, and that's this Tuesday because today is July 25th. Yeah. Even though we did have a cold start, so welcome everybody to the Common Good Podcast. Tuesday, July 25th, and people are running headlines saying this. I chose not to include Donald Trump's face in this because I thought it was just <laughs> clear enough who we're talking about by the posture and the tie. Um, and the headless Donald Trump looks good on the screen to me. Um, so, so yeah, look, you, the, the one side of, of what's going on in this, as somebody put in the, in the chat, uh, the, the reality show nature of all of this mm-hmm. in the classic reality show formula is to have a hero and a villain and then to turn the hero into the villain. Great, great television for, for reality TV. Yeah. Uh, uh, perspective. On the one side, you do have Marjorie Taylor Greene putting up naked pictures of Hunter Biden, of, of a drug addicted, a self-proclaimed drug addicted 
person whose life has not been exemplar on the in the areas that he yeah. wants from his own tr- treatment of former uh, lovers and uh, children that he has fathered from them all the way through to his drug addictions to his business stuff not a person whose life has been stellar right yeah. they want to also, humiliate him because they want we, somehow to say that Joe Biden is a bad dad that's what it's yeah, about not yes not in, but also Hunter Biden has not been elected to office nor has he been appointed to any official positions within the administration as opposed to the Trump children. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we can, we can tit for tat on the, this kid, that kid, you know, uh, all you want. I will say if the Bidens want any advice, have Hunter move somewhere else. Don't have him around the White House. Oh, Don't be seriously. in pictures with him. Don't have him in yeah. there and somebody. Uh, uh, yeah. Just you know, you know move him send on him to, and get send out him of there. To Arkansas. Send him to Arkansas to spend a little time with his daughter here that he's never met. And frankly, Joe Biden like needs to begin saying he has seven grandchildren instead of six. Well, yes. So if people are unfamiliar with this, one of the big talking points from the anti-Biden crowd is that Hunter Biden has fathered a child and he won't take responsibility and there's court cases about paternity and about all, all this stuff and yes. and the Bidens don't acknowledge that and it's a, it's a whole deal. And again, this is not about, none of this is about what makes this person a good president because now they're done talking about inflation because inflation's under control. Jobs are, jobs are growing, things are working, you know, it's morning in America again. All this stuff is happening what they're going to try to, what they were trying to argue about. So now it is, can they lower the esteem of Joe Biden? Because as we know, that's the primary thing that motivates certain movable voters. Most people don't vote on policies. They vote on how good their vote makes them feel about themselves. This is the root core. And for some people, that's policies. And they'll say, I feel good about supporting these policies, even if I don't like the candidate or whatever. I feel good about it. No. If you feel good about who the person is, you, you feel better. And Joe Biden has this reputation of being that guy that people like. And he's, his likability numbers are high, even though he doesn't get a lot of credit for all the good job he's doing. But we like him. They're like, oh, that's what we go after. You lower his likability because Donald Trump is the most unlikable candidate to run for office in the history of America. And yet he won once, running against somebody else who had the second lowest <laughs> likability numbers, right? Uh, and it turns out at that time probably even unlo- more unlikable than Trump uh, by the people who turned out to vote on that on that day in, in 2026. So what you do is you lower the 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 likability of Joe Biden. Do you think Republicans really care about if a dad's not taking care of his kid? I mean, seriously, you think that's what it's about? No, it's about Hunter Biden because of who his parents are and all the rest. Having said that, yeah, don't, uh, I don't want to see pictures every third day in the news of you with Hunter Biden. Like, I know the Bidens have this, like, their own little family mafia feel about it all. You know, like, we're Bidens and we're all in this together. And, you know, that, that doesn't serve the country well either. I'm not saying to kick the kid out, but I don't have pictures with my adult children every day. Stop yeah. it. Yeah. Stop yeah. having Hunter pictures Biden with your adult on- children. Yeah. Uh, yes. And especially in the midst of like a cocaine investigation, Hunter Biden does not need to be on like a balcony at the White House. Like, uh, uh, come on. 
I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, well, now so Alex anyway, is asking about if there's been a paternity test. I think so. I don't know all the ins and outs. I do know there's a pu- bunch of public record on this stuff. So if you look this up about does Hunter Biden have a child that he's taking responsibility for, I think there's something about this going on in some kind of court hearings and so on. Yes. Um, but yes, I am totally unwilling is. to ende- endeavor. I, I know it sounds like I know this stuff. But I really don't want to pay attention to the difficult situation between Hunter Biden yeah. and a former lover. And if there's a child in there, this is not something that I want to spend my life or time fussing around with. I, I think it's, I, I know too many people who are impacted by situations like this. It's very serious uh, and on the life of a child and of a mother and of a dad and all the rest of this. And it has nothing to do with the American people at all. Time and out, it has time nothing out, to do out, with me. Time out. Time out. I Googled Hunter Biden, Arkansas. Oh, boy. Here we go. This is an article from NBC News. Hunter Biden, and and stick with me on this because it's going to take a turn that you don't expect. Okay. Hunter Biden has settled a long-running child support dispute with the mother of his four-year-old child. New court documents show. So he settled the dispute. His child, no, like, he he has a kid in Arkansas. Public filing in Independence County, Arkansas, revealed Thursday that President Joe Biden's son and the child's mother, Lawden Roberts, had reached an agreement as to all pending matters. As a part of the agreement, Biden will pay an undisclosed amount in child support until the child turns 18 and assist in setting up a college fund. You're not ready for the next sentence. He will also give the child an undisclosed number of his paintings... Which will vary in size with a minimum size of 24 by 24, the court filing said. The child shall select the painting and any money from the sales of the artwork will be wired to an account selected by Roberts, the filing said. What? What? Hunter Biden <laughs> is an artist with paintings that can be sold? What? Why Why? Why have they been hiding the ball on this one? I, I had no idea. Yeah. I fear I have just ruined my day that I'm going to be on a deep dive. Now oh, here we go. Biden. Here we go. And, you know, I, I, I can see it already, Rob, what's happened to you. You're about to turn those into an NFT that then you're going to release through oh, Vortex for people to contribute and buy to fund the love it. to fund the whole I thing. You're going to NFT and, the and, artwork and listen, of Hunter Biden. Listen, the child gets to pick which picture they want. This just makes oh, no sense. Rest, are you sure that's disaster. a reputable? Are you sure that's a reputable article? Is it's it? Is NBC that Bab- Babylon B? The Onion? Is that yeah. one of those? <laughs> that was. That, you didn't see that turn coming, did you? I did not. A four-year-old, I. A four-year-old gets to pick the painting they want. That's a minimum of twenty-four by twenty-four. On like, what in the world is that? Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah, but it's right now I'm sure is googling uh, artwork from from Hunter Biden. He's I mean, he's gonna be he's gonna be deep on it. Is it better or worse than George W. Bush paintings? Well, I've heard that those are actually quite uh, quite quite accomplished, but I, I I don't I don't know that style of art, so I don't know. But I've heard people like at Art Open like, hey, you know, that guy's got a real guy's got a real touch. Hey, um, uh, what what when was that article? What 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 time frame are we talking about on that thing? I might have closed already. Uh, this is dated June 29th, 2023. Okay. So, yeah, last couple of weeks. So, so big news. Uh, yeah, it's it's out. Okay. So, again, if you, it, 
if you're in certain streams of politics, you know all about this. I mean, there are people yeah. who despise Joe Biden with the passion of, you know, an, an anti-Trump Republican. And they know about Hunter Biden's, they know the name of this child, this four-year-old. They know the name of the mom. They know all of it because they're getting it as a constant flow and a constant stream. Others of us are like, what? There's a kid. What, what does this have to do with anything? Because that's the, the these are the differing ecosystems, right? We, we, we talk a lot about some people hear some things, some people hear others. This is a great example of it. If you're in that right wing stream, you're hearing about this stuff all the time. If you're where I am and where we are, I only hear about it because it's truly not in my news feed. And I don't hear about it for the most part because most news outlets don't want to front load the behavior of adults related to a president. There's the, even the fact that this is a, a, a news story at all from MSNBC or from NBC News is probably only because it's in public record because these are public court filings, right? Normally, this kind of stuff, whether it's about Don Jr.'s divorce or about Eric Trump's divorce or about you know, Tiffany's marriage, these are not things that involve any of us to the degree that they don't impact the choices of a president. And I know there's a lot of people who want to say stuff about the Trump kids and this means that Trump is corrupt because he's got the, running these businesses and all. And I think that's just all pretty, pretty sketchy critique in and of itself. But for Biden, this is just really, this is just really outrageous. Dude. What? Hunter Biden is not a bad painter. <laughs> Who cares? I, like this is the this is I'm the no, drama. I'm this trying. is the human drama no, uh, the, reality no, TV show come, nature of this stuff. Who no, cares if he's a good people, painter? People come to this podcast to get the not serious take. On <laughs> I politics. sure hope not. And I'm here to say <laughs> you can be all serious. I'm just bringing the levity. Hunter Biden. Oh I while you were talking, I texted you, Doug. I'm just saying I am shocked. Did you have Hunter Biden is a is a like an actually like decent painter? I have no opinion. uh, Look, if if you asked me to make a list of the things that I didn't know about Hunter Biden, it would be anything. I don't know. Anything about that? You could you could name it. Did you know that he's a great Formula One driver? No. Did you know that the guy can hit a slob wedge like nobody? No, seriously, yeah. who would have known that? Did you know the guy can yeah. make a Rosetto that is just? I mean, it's unbelievable. No, I don't know anything about Hunter Biden. You, you know why? You because know I don't Biden, care about Hunter Biden. At Did you all. know that Hunter, Hunter Biden won season three of Alone? <laughs> no, is that I mean, true? Jim is, Jim, no. Jim, Dogs <laughs> Jim and cats is poking play. fun. Like, Jim is poking fun about the paint-by-number black velvet. I'm telling you, Google it. Hunter Biden, not a bad artist. Oh, jeez. I mean, honestly, it, 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 it's but it's just the part of all of this. Like if if Joe Biden was involved in 
any shenanigans, any wrongdoing. I'm trying to come up with the with the Irish phrases that you know his grandfather would have said. Sonny, were you involved in any hootenannies or shenanigans? What, whatever <laughs> Joe Biden malarkey. is up to, yeah, malarkey. Whatever Joe Biden is up to, yeah, we should care. What Joe Biden's son, and look, this is true of his son that also was the attorney general of Delaware and then an army colonel or whatever. Like, that doesn't matter to me. And I hope it doesn't matter to anybody else. We don't live in a world in which someone is capable, qualified, and should be supported because of the choices and behaviors of their children. Either which way. This, like, carry-on family patriarchy jibba-jab nonsense is just outrageous and the degree to which biden has tried to pitch i'm your guy because look at my great family i despise all that stuff too that is not what you should be doing with the fam with the lived life of other people and i'll just say rob this is the same position that i had when i was a pastor like one of the things that can i just go on a little storytelling uh route with you some people might not might not know that you and i are both uh you know we have we have a life uh before and around you know just our common good politics stuff. Oh, you can just have some lunch. Uh, Rob's now having lunch. Um, as a pastor, one of the things that used to drive me crazy is when pastors, and I would go to training sessions and how to be a good speaker and how to make good sermons and all this stuff, where people would say like, hey, you got to figure out what a, what a biblical point is, biblical understanding and idea, which I like a lot. I like that kind of stuff. But then you need to connect it to today. And great way to connect it to today is to tell stories. People love good stories. So pick somebody's life, yours, a person in the news, a friend, and tell a little anecdote about their life to make your point. And I will tell you, I think, I think there. I think there is nothing more dishonoring to a person's life than saying, let me pull a little nugget of what happened to you and use it for my own purposes to make another point, to make a point about something else that's not your life. Used to drive me crazy when people would do it with their kids, when they would do it with family and friends or with strangers. I'm like, it is not your business to be taking somebody else's story, which was important to them because it's a human lived life, and then turn it into an illustration about something else. I, and and I don't know wow. totally what this the is, what the this is a hot take. I, I, <laughs> and I don't know what the solution is to that, but it is just yeah. it is a kind of I, usury you're that. The f- First person I've ever met who is opposed to sermon illustrations. <laughs> Look, <laughs> like that's a, I, wow. I, what I'm opposed to, to be perfectly clear, I'm opposed to using people's stories as your sermon illustration. There's a lot of ways you can come up with a sermon illustration. This is what a tree oh, does. This is how a car functions. Oh, this, when 
Doug, do you have someone who's yeah, yeah, hold you yeah. But nobody else hears that, Rob. It's just us. It's just us and the people listening. Hey, no, nobody hears oh. that. Hey, Mark, we're just finishing up the. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I got an interview with with <laughs> Mark. Like, comment on it. I've got an interview um, with with Mark Sandlin here, um, but Mark, we're just finishing yeah. up the podcast. Oh, love, so love no, my Sandlin. my point um, is. Well, well, Using someone's do instead of using the story of people's lives, you ought to just uh, Alex. They all hear it. I I know, Um, but they don't know what that is. They all they hear is a little dingy ding that's going on out of my speaker over here, and I don't know why dingy dings. You just need to make stories up like Jesus did. Well, great point. Great, great point. If you want to come up with a good parable come up with a good story, but to take someone's life, like, hey, let me tell you about what happened to a friend of mine one time. Okay, now you're into someone's life. Now you're scrounging around in this person's life, and you're like, well, I'm going to pull out this point to make my other point. Thanks, friend, for letting me kind of use your life to make this other point. I just find it to be, uh, I think it's the, I, I don't think it's effective communication. I think you don't have the right to do it. I want to go back to talking about Hunter Biden's paintings. I got all kinds of stuff. You just fast forward that to all the rest of this, using other people's lives for your own point. I'm a make, you should hire me to do this job. Look at my kids. You shouldn't hire me. Look at my kid. Like that kind of stuff. Come on. This, this is just, uh, it's just, it's just petty, petty jibba jabba nonsense. If you ask me. All right. I, I, I know we've gone extra long because I made an appointment to talk to, to the one and only Mark Sandlin at uh at 10 30 uh central time and we've now reached that time so we've we did start a little late today but we've been going for an hour and eight minutes so does that feel like enough for you i feel like we didn't even scratch the surface <laughs> <laughs> and i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna great. go i'm gonna go familiarize vanessa my wife with hunter biden's painting oh boy so Jeez. she, can, she can keep an eye out there's no saving you now you're gonna you're gonna be down to an nft collection of the hunt called the hunter collection and well, well, <laughs> so she, i was just gonna say so that she can keep an eye out for them when she's at the thrift store oh my gosh because you think she's going to be uh, like know, hunting around to where a where a four-year-old yeah. sells this thing off to a pawn shop yeah. or thrift and, store for whatever amount of money yeah. And, and listen, you just you also need to just it, I, I would love for you to put up on the screen there um, from Alex that, you know, she kind of likes the style of the paintings. <laughs> Again, great. Hey, have you seen a Monet? Have you seen a Picasso? Love them, too. What does it have to do with Joe Biden being president? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Does it have anything to do with that? That Hunter is a good painter. Maybe uh, of all the painters, I couldn't care less about. I'm just saying, Hunter Biden. Like the 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 family drama that we're willing to to make out of our uh, of our common goodness in this country just is bonkers. Just bonkers. Uh, all right, you done. I'm done. <laughs> hey, hey, maybe, but but honestly, on another point, maybe there's like public political figures art gallery. Oh, hmm, that'd be great. Well, again, would 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 the would the son of a politician make it in there? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Because you gotta you, know. you gotta you gotta expand the circle enough to 
get some critical. Because I don't know what Tiffany's into. I, I, I think she's into some of the decoupage, Tiffany Trump. And her decoupage abilities are just really, I mean, you didn't see that coming. Just <laughs> shock. The decoupage by Tiffany. It's really great. <laughs> Vote for Trump. Trump 2024. Listen, <laughs> have you ever heard Jenna Bush sing? Oh, my goodness. Truly? No. She could win American Idol. Okay. I, I know I know I should be more thoughtful, but I just don't care about the children of politicians. I I should. Hey, we should just do a whole we we should just do a whole children's uh uh segment sometime. Maybe, maybe a special you know, podcast. You know, have, the life and times of the children of well it's a print. I have a print of a president's daughter hanging in my in my bedroom. It hmm. is a, a picture of uh Theodore Roosevelt's daughter. I can't remember her name. And uh apparently he famously said I can either take care of her, like someone came to him one day and said, you know, hey, I, you know, she's she's doing all this stuff. She's she's going all Hunter Biden out there. And he said, I can either take care of her or I can run the country, but I can't do both. <laughs> and she was 12. No, I think she was like in her 20s or something. Oh, okay. She's a bit of a yeah, a bit of a she bit of some- a rowdy sort. Huh. And uh, so there's a print of, of her hanging in my bedroom. Well, you have you have a painting of a president's daughter, like not by her, but of her. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I take back my comments about paintings of children. <laughs> of children. <laughs> I'm now realizing why this has landed so closely to you. <laughs> That there's there's a genre here that uh, you've got a thing about presidents, kids, and paintings, and you're like, whoa! I wonder if there's a self portrait by Hunter that I could. <laughs> no, line up. no, no, no! I want no selfies of Hunter. <laughs> We've uh, seen enough selfies of Hunter. All right. Well, Kimberly is now off to drinking pink uh, margaritas. So I think that's a good time for the rest of us to uh, to go. Hey, thanks all for being a part of the podcast. And uh, back tomorrow, uh, we have a have a great uh, conversation with a with a musician and a pastor and an activist, uh, David Lamont, and it's going to be just great. So we'll see you at ten o'clock uh, Central Time. Uh, no, no, ten o'clock Eastern Time, nine o'clock Central Time for this one tomorrow. And uh, all right, we'll see you. Bye.